Hello, travelers, and welcome to the Chrysalis Train. I am your host, Anthony, and the destination is personal development and clarity. Ding! That's the sound the train makes when it takes off. One of these days, I am going to stop doing that, and I'm not going to stop doing that. If you're this deep into this podcast, you have to see this coming whenever I have my solo episodes. I am going to make the ding noise because I like it. <sighs> Le huff. Le puff, le pant, Louise, I am le French. No, I'm not. I am not sure why I did that. Yes, I know why I did it because I'm fucking weird and I like it. You know, something else you should know by now in this podcast is, yes, I am spouting facts at y'all in regards to the whole self-awareness thing. But yes, I am doing it through a crazy, quirky, dorky, fun lens because who says learning has to be a boring, talky lecture? Instead, it's going to be a fun, talky, weird ride. That's just what you're in for with me, y'all, okay? Now strap in, shut the fuck up, and deal with it. So, today, on today's stop of the Chrysalis Trade, we're going to talk a little bit, a lot, about ego. We talked about this a little bit when we had my guest Nick on this episode a few episodes ago. What are words? I don't know what I'm saying. I'm stumbling, y'all. Nick, my guest, my friend, my housemate, was on a couple episodes ago, and ego was discussed heavily in that episode. We're going to revisit the ego junction just a little bit, and on our stop today, we're going to specifically focus on what constitutes a strong and a weak ego and then you're gonna ask yourself well the whole thing about this ego is making it not this ego oh my god the whole thing about this podcast is understanding ourselves individually so i will try to make this as personal for me as i can and i will ask myself which ego am i living with and then we will move forward from there we're going to be talking about ego for a couple episodes, just as a heads up. There's a lot that goes into it, and we're going to jump around between every other episode for the time being, not for the remainder of this podcast, but I'm going to be jumping around between having guests to talk about self-awareness as a whole, and then I'm going to come back to do my solo episodes to break down the nuances of ego. So we are an ego country, y'all. We are deep in it, starting with the nuances of strong and weak ego. Let's begin, shall we? We shall. There's nobody in here but me in my room. Just the voices in my head and my stuffed animals. <laughs> One of these days, I'll be normal. I won't. So a strong ego. Let's get into it. I'm going to discuss three specific bullet points within each category, strong and weak ego. First, strong ego. If you have a strong ego, then one of the main attributes of that is resistance to social and or environmental pressure. What does that mean? You know, society is going to have expectations of you. Whether you're a man, a woman, black, white, Asian, Latino, male, female. I said that already, I think. I am stumbling today, y'all. I don't know what's going on with me. 
It doesn't matter what your demographic is, what your sexual orientation is, how tall or how short you are, how skinny or how pudgy you are, how dark or how light your skin is, how fit or unfit you are, whether you have breasts or a penis. The world will see you and the world will expect things of you. Society is fucked like that. And it's a reality for everybody. And you know what? Even if we ourselves say we don't judge or we don't have expectations, we do. The reality is we do. Everybody has expectations of somebody else, whether you choose to vocalize it or not, or whether you choose to dwell on your expectations or not. Some people are able to let their expectations go and just be like, okay, I have this expectation in my mind, but it's not realistic. It's not feasible. So it's not a big deal. Some people are are like that, but there are those who live hard by their expectations. For example, me, my experiences. I am a black gay man as black. There's expectations that I speak with a certain vernacular, that I listen to a certain type of music, that I eat a certain type of food, that I watch certain types of movies, that I play basketball. As a gay man, there's expectations. There's expectations that I am highly sexual, which honestly, I do have a very high libido, but I am sexual on my own terms. More on that later. And then there's also expectations that I throw it back and I'm a twerkalicious. Granted, y'all, I am great at twerking, but I do that on my own terms. More on that later. There's expectations that, well, this is a little bit annoying. People see me and right away they go, yes, queen, wag, LMJ. The thing is, well, more on that later. More on that later. We're going to focus on the expectations that the world has of me, first of all. The societal expectations. Then the fact that I'm a man, there's the expectation to be stoic, strong, hard, aloof. Bleh. And there could be environmental expectations and pressures as well. And I am pausing a lot. Goodness gracious me, what a day. So, now... A strong ego is resistant of those pressures and those expectations. Me, I am black. Yes, I like soul food. I don't love it. I'm not a fan of collard greens. I mean, I'll eat them. I don't hate them, but they're not a favorite of mine. And chitlins, I don't even know what that is. I, I, I don't. Again, I'll eat it, but I'm like, what What the fuck is this? What, what, what's a chitlin? Who, who, who is a chitlin? Like, what, what, what? I don't get it. And I'm more of an Italian food kind of person. I'd rather have paschetti and meatballs. Also, I don't really dress the black way. There is a style of dress that black people do. Not all of them, but, you know, you see it on the media. I don't dress thuggalicious, and I don't dress really proper either. I dress colorfully chaotic. Also, I don't listen to that much hip-hop. I don't watch BET. And it's not because I don't like those things. I'm just 
the interest just isn't there. I've tried. I have tried listening to R&B, hip-hop, watching BET, but the interest just is not there. We talked in a past episode about likes and dislikes and understanding that sometimes we have reasons. No, we always have reasons. So it's worth it to try things out to see if you truly like or dislike it, understand your reasons and motivations for it. And sometimes it's strictly an interest thing. And that's the case with hip-hop, rap, R&B, and BET. I am just not the target audience. And people get bent out of shape about that because I'm Black. I should like these things. I should love these things. I don't. I love the song Knocks You Down by Carrie Hilson. Like, that song does things to me, y'all. I get bouncy. And there's other raps that I do tolerate in passing. And there's hip-hop songs that get me twerking, sure. But I'm a country boy. I love country, folk, bluegrass, Americana. For me, those genres of music touch my soul in such a unique way that other genres of music just don't do. And I'm a Marvel nerd. I love superhero movies. Also, I love A24 movies. Those movies get so deep and experimental and artistic. I love strong cinematography with good allegory, symbolism, abstract, or movies that showcase the dark side of humanity, regardless of the demographic of the cast. And that's me is the in the black sense and in the gay sense again country boy people get really really thrown off about that but you know there are actually gay country singers out there i recently discovered this on spotify and i've been living and even for the not gay country songs there are country artists who are mainstream but are openly supportive of gay rights and gay allyship So just because I listen to country music, that does not make me a sellout. And for those who have that mindset, that's fucking weird. I don't care. And I do twerk. I'm great at it. But I'd rather throw my hands up in the air and do my fucking weird seaweed dance. (laughs) Weird, awkward, dramatic, deep laugh. I will show y'all my seaweed dance if we ever meet in person. And y'all are going to either fall in love with me or fucking hate me. I do not care. And then as a man, well plot twist. I am flamboyant. I am really in touch with my feminine energy. Yeah. And with a strong ego, I am able to resist the urge to dial myself back and do what it takes to fit in so I am liked. Instead, I focus on doing what I appreciate about myself so that I am liked within my own self instead of without and in the eyes of the rest of the world. Strong ego attribute number two. Not overwhelmed by one's drives and can instead direct one's drives into useful channels. Meaning, you know, we all have passions. We all have things that drive us, things that motivate us. And sometimes you can get lost in the sauce of our own motivations. We can become so hell-bent on getting what we want, fighting for our goals, having this energy and just using it for just one specific thing. Sometimes you can get so lost in that it becomes your whole entire identity. But with a strong ego... You can use your motivations, use your passions, and use your values and split them up. And 
Instead, it doesn't become you. It's a piece of you. With a strong ego, you can recognize that you have this energy that can be utilized in various ways for serving yourself. Instead of just the one way that you're determined to make work, you can try multiple smaller things instead of overwhelming yourself with the big thing. That's something I'm currently trying to practice in my life right now. I have so many creative ideas and I try my best to get them all done right away, but instead it gets overwhelming and I end up losing my passion. So what I'm trying to do nowadays, and it's something new I'm trying to implement, I am far from perfect at it, but I'm trying my best, is take that energy and apply it somewhere else and then apply that energy somewhere else, and so on and so forth. And then the energy is able to strengthen me in multiple ways, give me motivation for multiple things instead of just the one thing. And even though it might take me longer to get some things done, I feel less resentment and more gratitude. Number three, personally insightful and organized. With a strong ego, I am able to look inward and take some good insights with myself, have those hard talks with myself about myself, and hopefully grow from that. Sometimes I might ignore myself. Sometimes, you know, it's a case of ego versus ego within the mind. And those are hard moments. We all go through it. We all have those moments where we look at ourselves in the mirror and we realize we don't like this part of ourselves. This isn't the kind of person that we truly want to be. But we fight. We know that it's not right for ourselves, but we fight that correct part of us. But with a strong ego, I can be insightful and I can tell myself the truths about myself that I recognize, that I need to hear, and that I need to work on. And then also I can organize my life accordingly. I can change up small habits, small tasks, socializations, and adjust. And those are the three main aspects of a strong ego that I'm focusing on for this episode. There's more. It's not just those three things, but that's just what I'm focusing on for the sake of time and giving a brief breakdown, just to give ideas for what strong ego looks like. Meanwhile, shifting gears, weak ego. So... The first thing I want to talk about for a weak ego is being impulsive and having immediate behavior with little to no forethought. You know, I'm going to talk about impulse later. There's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into that that merits its own episode, actually. But in the meantime, when you're impulsive, you just do it. You don't think, you just do. This is what I want, I'm going to do it. This is what I need, I'm going to do it. This is what I think, so I'm going to do it. And there's little to no thought about the consequences, good or bad. With a weak ego, you're focused on the id, usually. And the id is the dominating force, the pleasure center of the brain. I'm going to do what makes me feel good. Fuck the rest. And that's literally how the id sounds. That exact voice, that exact everything. The id is alive. <laughs> Sorry, I got weird. So with the id driving the car, impulses go crazy. 
You know, when you go shopping, there's always a section for impulse buys right by the cash register. It's these little knickknacks, these little candies, these little pieces of jewelry or shiny things that you can put on your desk that will collect dust later but look so pretty now. It catches your eye and you think, oh, I don't need this, but it's so pretty or it's going to taste so good or whatever it is. And you convince yourself, you convince yourself that you need it when you don't. You go by the impulse. With a weak ego, you just go for it. Don't think. But then you don't consider that you're spending extra money. Or you don't consider that you're adding to the clutter on your desk or in your house, in your car, in your life. There's so many things you don't consider. Or that the money was supposed to be saved for something else, but you want this thing now, so fuck it, I'll save later. Weak ego does not think about the long term. They think about the here and now, and they don't think about how what I'm doing can and very likely will affect me and possibly even somebody else later. It's all about the instant gratification and nothing else matters. Then the next thing with a weak ego that I want to focus on is inferiority complex. With a weak ego, it's easy to feel less than by not getting what you want or by seeing the person that you're attracted to hooking up with somebody else or, well, not literally, you're not like a peeping Tom, but you know what I mean? Maybe you're watching them make out just in passing or maybe you're watching them kind of cuddle up in the corner just in passing. But bottom line, you feel inferior because you feel, I've had those moments where I have felt undesirable because the men that I've been attracted to don't see me as romantically or sexually viable, which is totally fine. I am not for everyone. I see that now. I recognize that now. But back in the day, that would be a hard pill for me to swallow. Rejection is tough, y'all. It's so, so tough. And that's because, you know, humans are pack animals. We crave and need socialization. And whenever we're rejected, whether it's romantically, sexually, socially, professionally, it puts the idea in our heads that we might become outcasts. And we fear that. We fear being left to our own devices. We fear a lack of connection. We fear being lonely. And when we don't get what we want, it can cause us to feel inferior, which can then cause us to do one of two things. Thing number one, we could possibly just deflate. We could lose our energy, become lethargic, and lose our drive. Or thing two, we have a breakdown and in a sense, lash out. Not per se lashing out in a way that's violent or aggressive. While sometimes that can be the case, sometimes we can lash out in ways where we do whatever we can to receive attention, interrupting conversations or just staring at people or acting in a wild and crazy way, trying to force people to laugh with us and tell jokes, trying to be the class clown. There's more than one way to lash out. And sometimes inferior inferiority complexes can result in various cries for help. Please see me. Please recognize me. Please, please, please be my friend. Be my lover. Hire me. Anything. We all want to be seen. We all want to be loved. We all want to be appreciated. We all want to be respected. And if those needs aren't getting met, 
with a weak ego, it can result in us acting out in various ways. The last thing I want to focus on in regards to having a weak ego is there's a fragile sense of self, unstable emotions, excessive vulnerability, and distorted perception. That's a mouthful. What the fuck does that even mean? Well, with a fragile sense of self, that means a weak egoed person doesn't know who they are in full. And the thing is, nobody knows in full who they are. We're always growing and always learning. But with a fragile sense of self, if your ego is bruised, your sense of identity can feel completely shattered. And then you wonder, am I even worth it acting it this way, dressing this way, talking this way? If this person doesn't like me or this person called me out on something, then maybe I should change my entire personality to suit their narrative or to suit society's narrative or the environmental narrative or the narrative that I'm giving myself in my head that isn't reflective of my actual being, but it's who I think I should be to become liked. And then the unstable emotions, emotional regulation, y'all, that's a huge thing. And I'm going to just talk about this a little bit because emotions are going to come up in a future episode. But with a weak ego, one becomes reactive more so than responsive. You let the emotions drive the car because there's a lack of awareness, there's a lack of understanding, and there's a lack of control. And then excessive vulnerability. It's, you know, it's good to be vulnerable. It's healthy. It's recommended. It's required even. But there's a balance. There is a balance. When one is excessively vulnerable, one lays all of their cards on the table each and every time. But the thing is, you got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. Know when to run the gambler. The point is... It's great to be vulnerable. It's so good. But sometimes you need to know when to keep your cards close to your chest. Not all the time and not for every person, not for every situation, but not every detail needs to be released every single time. Know your audience, know the situation, know yourself and don't display everything all at once because it's overwhelming to other people and it's draining of your own energy. Release what needs to be released and release it to who it needs to be released to and nothing beyond that. That's what I recommend anyway. Everyone's needs are different. Everyone's wants and expectations and boundaries are different. So some people might truly, truly feel healthy with being very, very, very vulnerable each and every single time. But some people don't. But some people feel trapped and some people feel like they won't be loved or seen or heard unless they express every single thing all the time. I enunciated weird in that moment. Anywho. And then the last thing is distorted perception. When you don't get what you want, when you don't get treated the way you feel you should be treated... If someone even so much as looks at you a certain type of way. With a weak ego, we can assign meaning to these things that either have no meaning or not the meaning that we intend for it to be. Or that the person, other thing, intends for it to be. Not really words. My point is, I remember back when I was freshly dealing with traumas. 
I had major trust issues. And it took me a long, long time to let go of that. But in the moment of those trust issues, I had distorted perception. I had it in my head that people were going to hate me and people were only my friends out of pity. And they were going to leave me the second things got hard. I was convinced. And when you're convinced, it's tricky because you have a narrative in your head that you hold on to and that you think is your truth and you swear by it. It took such a long time and it took so much work and it took therapy to let go of that. It also took the right friends. It took having friends who saw what I was dealing with, understood what I was dealing with, and had the capacity to work with me on that. Capacity is a huge thing with friendships, y'all. Sometimes we have expectations of our friends to drop everything and be there for us in certain ways. But while our friends do love and care about us, they might not always have the capacity because sometimes they're just dealing with their own situations and then they have to express their own boundaries. And when you're on the receiving end of that and you're dealing with your own shit, it can be hurtful, but their boundaries are still valid. But with distorted perception, one can, I've definitely been guilty of this. One can gaslight people into thinking that they're the bad guy, they're making it all about them, or they're turning it into something that it's not, or they're not being there for you like they said they would be, when in reality, they're doing what they can. But my expectations were just too much because of my distorted perception and my own traumas driving the car. So with the weak ego, that doesn't make you a weak person. It doesn't make you a weak person at all. It just means that there's a lot of perceptions that need to get checked. Now, for which ego are you living with? You know, I've learned that it's definitely a circumstantial thing. Life can impact the state of our ego for better or worse. Sometimes we get ego boosts and we learn to see things as they are, accept things as they are, and see and accept ourselves as we are. But then sometimes life brings us down and our egos weaken ever so slightly or in a major way. Or we have strong egos with certain individual people and then with other people, something about them weakens our ego. No one person is simply strong or weak egoed. That's the interesting thing here. It's a balance. It's a spectrum. We all have the capacity to be strong or weak in the ego. And we all reflect a strong or weak ego day by day, moment by moment, circumstance by circumstance. Therefore, it's really important to be able to check your ego, see where you're coming from, and then see how to move forward. And we're going to stop there. We're going to wrap this shit up and keep this train going. See y'all Wednesday next week. And we're going to have more talks. Deep stuff, fun stuff, weird stuff. <laughs> okay. Bye.